Good morning. It's so good to be here. Thank you, worship team. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 4. It's in the Version app. If you were here last Sunday uh, and you were a part of the challenge, why stop now? If you have done the seven-day challenge that we put out there for you, um, we do believe that those habits have lasting effects, and we believe that we can change some things with the way we do things. God is the source, and it happens because of him, but also uh, we have a will. We have a free will, and we can do some things different. Amen? Amen. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then you will bring out the capstone to shouts of God. Of God, bless it. God, bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Who dares despise the day of small things? How many can thank God for small things this morning? We can thank him for small things. Father, we thank you again for your presence. We thank you for your word. Let it have weight in our lives. Be glorified in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. What have you started that seems small today? What have you started that seems small today but the Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings. There's people who say they'll give more when they have more. There's people that say I'll invest more when I have more. But if we aren't generous with the little time and with the little talent and with the little treasure, I dare to say that we won't be generous with a lot because generosity giving, investing of ourselves, of our time, of everything that God has entrusted us with starts right here and it starts right now. What is within your reach? What do you have available? There's people that say they will serve more when they have more time, but we don't find time, we make time. I know people who say they'll step up when the big opportunity presents itself. But are you seizing the small opportunities that are available to you all the time? If you're faithful with the little, I truly believe that you'll be faithful with a lot. So go ahead. It's important for us to have a big vision. It's important for us to be able to see the goodness of God and what he wants to do in our lives. But we have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere. So last week I talked to you about habits that can produce long-lasting change. And I want to build off of that this morning and talk about the power of a dream and where a dream starts and everything that it entails. So I want to tell you that it's great to go after a dream. 
It's great to go after a dream, but I want to challenge you this morning that, and dare you to go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Without divine intervention. You just can't dream big, but you also have to start small. And you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. So through his word, through this word, the prophet brings encouragement. Zechariah brings encouragement for the people of God that find themselves in a circumstance and in a situation that is not favorable. They find themselves in a circumstance that they truly would not want to be in. And that may be how you feel this morning. You find yourself in something that you didn't ask for. You find yourself in something that maybe a bad habit has just snowballed and developed into what we face this morning. They find their case helpless, and they find themselves hopeless, that their temple could never be rebuilt, nor could their city be replenished. And have you ever felt helpless? Have you ever felt helpless? You've thought to yourself, and you've told yourself, there is no way, there is no possibility. Israel felt this same way. So much had happened. So much had taken place. They had been through a whole lot. And, and God's people felt, in a, felt the, themselves uh, unable to come out of what they had experienced. Zechariah 4 and 6, Zerubbabel is the leader of the remnant that returned to Judah. And they have been in a questionable circumstance. They've been in a questionable situation. They have been in limbo. But here comes their comeback. But we're about to see their comeback. I want to talk to someone this morning that you've been through a lot. You've been through struggles, you've been through challenges, you've been through sickness, you've been through uncertainty, but you are ready for a comeback. You tell yourself, I've been in this situation long enough, I've been in this, I've been strung out long enough, I've been depressed long enough, I've been sad long enough, I've been unhappy long enough, I haven't had the joy of the Lord in my life long enough, I am ready for a comeback. I'm going to come back stronger, I'm going to come back with great faith. I'm going to come back with a bigger praise. They returned with a God-sized vision, rebuilt the temple that Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed in 586 BC. And half a century later, some time does go by, some time does go by, and the Lord says to Zerubbabel, as Zerubbabel looks at the ruins, he's looking at the situation straight at it, and he is imagining how did we get here. And the word of of the Lord comes to him and says, it is not by might and it is not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. You may be looking at a circumstance that has been destroyed. You may be looking at a failed situation in your life. You may be looking at something that you ask yourself, how did I get here? And something that was once big and, and glorious and something that was a landmark is now destroyed. And that's how Zerubbabel and the people of Israel felt. And, and they did not, they couldn't wrap their their minds around what had taken place, but this was the situation, and that may be you this morning. This is the situation, and you ask yourself, is this even possible? There is a word from heaven. It is not by might, and it is not by power, but it is by my Spirit, says the Lord. Might 
focuses on collective strength, the resources of the group or any, but power focuses on individual strength. God says it is not by your resources, it is not by the resources of many or by one, but it is by my spirit. So you ask yourself, how is this going to take place? It will not be by your cleverness, it will not be by your ability, it will not be by your physical strength, it will not be by your intelligence and your knowledge. It is not going to be, that is not how the temple is going to be rebuilt, Zerubbabel. I want you to know that it is by my spirit. What are you trying to do on your own? What are you trying to fix on your own? What relationship that has been estranged are you trying to resolve on your own? What are you needing God to intervene on your behalf that you have tried and you have tried and you have tried and you have tried? You've sought counsel. You've sought help. You've tried. You've been unsuccessful. It is not by might and it is not by power. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. Except the Lord build the house. Those that labor, labor in vain. I will say one more time, except the Lord build the house. They that labor, labor in vain. What is impossible for man is possible for God. Without the Holy Spirit, I cannot do anything. But the good news is, is with the help of His Spirit, the task is possible. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the difference between the best that you can do and the best that God can do. And I don't need to try. I don't need to worry. I don't need to be frustrated. I don't need to try to solve this on my own. Sometimes it's just a job for Jesus. And I have to step out of the way and say, God, I've tried and I can't do it. It doesn't matter how many things I've done. It doesn't matter what I've tried. But God, I need to step out of the way and let you know that you are the only one that can come through for me. You are the only one that can step in like no one else can step in. It is not by might. It is not by power, but it is by my spirit. Let me let you in. On this, God wants to do things in you and through you that are beyond your ability. Beyond your ability, beyond your resources, beyond your imagination. Why? So he can get the glory out of it. So he can get the glory out of it. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and, and, the, and then he said, Hi, you are highly favored and you have, you, the, the, you have been chosen. You are going to have a child that the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. And, and she asked the question. She asked the question before all that took place. She said, how could this be? She was, heaven proposed to bless her and heaven proposed to do something great in her life. And her question was, and her question was there was no hesitation. It was just how. The angel replied and said, the Holy Spirit will come to you. God makes the impossible possible through you and through me. Not, not for any other reason but that he could get the glory. At the end of the day, Mary would bring forth a son, Jesus. And then the world would be blessed because of that. He, he gets the glory out of it. She simply asked how. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit. Your question today may be how. How will I get out? of this, the Holy Spirit. How will I get out of this, the Holy Spirit? So the Bible tells us in Zechariah chapter 4, there, there is a scripture that, that takes place and it says, what are you? What are you? Mighty mountain. How this difficulty is represented and is portrayed and the picture is painted. It is a great mountain. 
and it is impassable. It is immovable. It is difficult to, to, to get out of, the, out of the way. How these difficulties are portrayed here. And, and the Bible says, what art thou, O great mountain, that you stand in, the, in God's way, that you stand in God's way and stop the progress of his work? The mountain is what stands between you and between your dream, between you and between what God wants to accomplish in your life. And the question that would, I would ask this morning is what stops your progress? What stops you dead in your tracks? What stops you from fulfilling what God has called you to do? I, I dare to tell you that faith will remove mountains and make them plains. Faith will remove mountains and make them plains. There comes a moment when you have to stop talking to God about your mountains and start talking to your mountains about your God. There comes a moment where you have to stop telling your problem, stop telling God about your problem and tell your problem about the God that you serve. There comes a moment where you have to stop telling God about your sickness and you have to tell your sickness about the God that is a healer, about a God that restores, and about, about a God that lifts up. You declare his power. You declare his grace. You declare his peace. You declare his love. You declare his glory. You declare his goodness, his healing. And you don't, it's not that you're denying the obstacles that stand before you, but you choose to act in faith, and you confront the facts, but you do it with an unwavering faith, and you exercise your authority as a child of the living God, as a follower of Christ, and as a citizen of the kingdom of God. I have no idea what mountain stands before you. I have no idea what obstacle stands before you. I have no idea what uncertainty or what doubt stands before you. It could be the mountain of anxiety, or it could be the mountain of addiction, or the mountain of anger. It could be the mountain of injustice, or unforgiveness, or resentment, or bitterness. It could be the mountain of depression. It could be the mountain of frustration or fear, but I am reminded for all of this, it, it, it may be different on this level, and it may be different over here, but there is one solution, and his name is Jesus. There is one answer, and his name is everlasting God, mighty, mighty, mighty God. I'm reminded through his word that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That he is still the God who makes a way where there is no way. He is still the God who makes the sun stand still. He is still the God that makes sidewalks through the sea. He is still the God who can turn water into wine. He is still the God who moves mountains. And I dare to tell you that our past is a testament of the faithfulness of God. The fact that we made it to this point is, is an indication that God's faithfulness has kept us and has seen us through. If God did it before, he can do it again. I, our past is a testament of his faithfulness. If he did it before, he can do it again. That if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Why? Because he is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And he is the same forever. That's why Moses said, oh God, you have been our refuge. You have been our dwelling place from generation to generation to generation. He 
was the he was the refuge of my great grandmother, and he was my grandparents' refuge. He's my parents' refuge, but he's my refuge also. Before the mountain was formed, and before the earth was brought forth from everlasting, even from everlasting, he is God. There is nobody like him. There is nobody like him. It is by his spirit. The assignment, and the next thing I want you, I want to leave with you is the assignment can be completed. The word of the Lord says nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. What impossibility stands before you? What mountain stands before you? If you begin exercising your authority and declare the will of God, declare the glory of God. The obstacle is not the enemy. No, the mountain that stands before you is not the enemy. The obstacle is the way through achieving and through obtaining. Because you don't go around the mountain. You don't go around the mountain. By faith, God will get you to the other side. And you'll be better because of it. And you'll be stronger because of it. And you'll be more fierce because of it. Jesus said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you, you, yes, you would speak to this mountain and tell it to be removed. And it would be removed. With faith as small as a mustard seed, something so small can move something so big. It's a power that rests in us. What stands in the way of you achieving and obtaining what you are asking God for? Some of us have been dreaming for this and that and other things for years, but we haven't taken any step towards that, and we haven't acted in faith towards that. You cannot finish what you do not start. You have to give yourself some deadlines. You have to give yourself some measurable progress. You have to look at it because in the midst of it all, you have to understand that regardless of how big it looks, there is a word that says that mountain will become a level plane for you. God is the one who does it. At times it's hard because we come up with excuses for ourselves. We say, I'm not qualified. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough experience. But God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. He wants to use your strong hand, no doubt. He wants to use your strength, no doubt. But he also wants to use your weakness because his weakness, his strength is made perfect in weakness. His strength is made perfect where I am weak, he is strong. Isaiah 40, 29 says that he gives power to the weak and he increases the strength of the weary. I don't know anybody who invests in something that is going down and something that is so low. But God reminds me that when I am weak, he gives power and he increases my strength when I just get weary and I get tired just from living life. And some of us feel that way this morning, exhausted mentally, emotionally, physically. We are exhausted by life and by what, everything that has come against us. But God is here to remind us that he increases your strength and he lifts you up when no one else can lift you up. He deposits in you. He believes in you. He deposits in you. He deposits in you. His strength is made perfect in weakness. We tell ourselves we're not ready. If you wait until you're ready, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. 
Some of us say, I'm waiting for the right situation. You can, you can complain about the situation you find yourself in, or you can make the most of it. There will never be a perfect situation. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. If you always are looking at the circumstances, there's always going to be something negative. But I dare you and I challenge you to put your focus on God and put your focus on his word. Because in that same book, it says, cast your bread upon the waters for after many days you will find it again. You can't be, you can't be worrying about the circumstance and you can't worry about the, the situation. But you have, to, you have to put the focus on God because there's always going to be conflicts and there's always going to be challenges. It's going to be difficult for sure. But it did not say that the realization was impossible. You can see it if you Put your focus on the one who makes it possible. He's the one that makes it possible. It's, it's his spirit. The task can be completed. God's word told Zerubbabel, it will. The task can be completed. But where are you starting? Where are you starting? In verse 10, it says, do not despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Are you taking that first step? And it says this, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand, it was an ancient type of measuring tape. So stop and think about this. Here you have Zerubbabel standing with a tape measure in his hand, and the Bible says, that the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices with Zerubbabel and a tape measure. There's not, no, no brick has been laid. Nothing has been formed. Nothing. But he has a tape measure and he's, he's going to get after it. He's going to get And the Lord rejoices. God is rejoicing before they even begin building. They don't have any permits yet. They haven't even broken the ground. All they have is a blueprint, and God is giving them a standing ovation. God isn't just great because nothing is too big. Yes, he can move mountains, but he is also great because nothing is too small. Just a little bit can go a lot in the hands of, it depends in whose hands you're depositing your talents and your abilities. He celebrates the small steps of faith and the small acts of kindness. He celebrates the smiles that we provide to someone that needs it. We want to do amazing things for God, yes, but that isn't our job. God is the only one that can do the extraordinary. God is the only one that can do the amazing. We have to consecrate ourselves to him one day at a time. Pray more today. Seek him more today. Praise him more today. Glorify him more today. Worship him more today. God is the one who does this. If we do our job, God will do his. God will do his. If we do our part, God will build the bridge. We can easily be overwhelmed by the size and by the scope and by the magnitude of goals and dreams that you lay out before you. But you cannot finish what you do not start. Are you taking a step towards that? Zerubbabel's first step was taking that measuring tape and saying, I'm going to get the measurements right. I'm going to look. I'm going to do this. It doesn't matter what the task is. Are you taking a step 
towards that? How do you do that? Are your habits aligning? Are your habits aligning with your goals and with your dreams? Are your habits aligning? Is what you're doing here aligning with what God wants to do in your life? You need to know that God is the one who is able, but they're also, it also requires an uncompromising commitment from you. And the church said amen. What am I doing? What are you doing? To be able to say, God, I trust that it's you that is doing the work, but I'm also going to do what I can do to align myself with what you are declaring and what what you're speaking over my life. It all comes back to this. It's little by little. It's recognizing that he is the one that does the work. That what in your dreams and in your goals and everything that God provides for you to, to accomplish, for you to be a better spouse, for you to be a better parent, for you to be a better employee, for you to be a better ministry worker, whatever that is in your life, or am, I, am I taking steps towards that? Am I taking steps towards that? If you do that, the impossibly high mountains become level plains because you're thinking towards that and you're working towards that. But what do we do when it feels like too much? What do we do like when it feels like too much? Worship team, where you come? Because let's be honest and transparent. There, every single one of us face a moment where we want to throw in the towel and we want to give up. And we want to say it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But you have to remind yourself of what you're doing and why you're doing it. When you forget the future and when you, when you lose glimpse of the end story, we become like Esau. We become like Esau in Genesis who sold his birthright for a bowl of soup because he was hungry in the present time that he couldn't get the bigger picture. And I could make a decision now that could detour what God wants to do in my life. You can't lose faith in the end story. You can't lose faith in the end story. You have to remind yourself of what you're doing and why you're doing it. But don't despise the day of small beginnings. I'll close with that. Sometimes it's about progress. Sometimes it's about thanking God for partial miracles. Sometimes it's about saying, the right side of my body hurts, but at least my whole body doesn't hurt anymore. And I'm grateful for that. And when we begin to act on faith and say, you know what? My marriage isn't completely healed, but it's headed in that direction. And I stop and I thank you, God, for this. 
I haven't lost 50 pounds, but I've lost five, and I'm going to thank you for that. I, I don't pray 30 minutes, but I'm praying 15 minutes. I'm, I'm praising you for that. I, my, my, chi my child doesn't want to come to church, but at least he's picked up the Bible, and I'm going to thank you for that. I'm going to thank you for partial miracles. I'm going to thank you for partial blessings. I'm going to thank you for the small things, because I know out of the small things, you can do something great. You can do something greater than I imagine. He is a God that is able to do above what we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And I just want to challenge you today that while you are looking at the great picture and you're looking at what God wants to do, can we just stop for a moment and say, God, I'm grateful for, for half of my healing. I'm believing you for all of it, but I'm thanking you for half of it. I'm thanking you for a fourth of it. I'm thanking you for partial blessings. I'm thanking you for, for the work that has started. It hasn't been completed. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm not where I used to be either. I'm grateful for progress. I'm grateful for progress. In the words of the prophet Zechariah, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. We think what God has for us is for us and us exclusively and only. But it's so much greater than that. God thinks for your future. God thinks for your children, for your children's children, for your family that you won't even be able to meet if God tarries. We overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what God can do in 30. God wants to do it. God undoubtedly wants to do it, but we have to do our parts. We have to do our parts to align ourselves with that dream, with that vision, and ensure that it is what God wants us to do. If God wants, if God is calling you, if you feel him in this place and in this moment, and you have not made a first-time decision to serve him and to give your life to him, I want to give you that opportunity. That is the greatest miracle that you could ever see and ever be a partaker of and be a recipient of the salvation of our soul. That we may live 70, 80 years as the Bible depicts, here on earth, but we'll spend an eternity in heaven. And God saw the bigger picture. He died for us, that for whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That while God does want us to be blessed here on earth, there's something greater that waits for us on the other side. And today you can make that decision. You can make that decision and take a step towards God and saying, God, I wanna receive you as my Lord and Savior. I want to invite everybody to close your eyes. Bow your head. And if you'd like to make a first-time decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, I, I want to invite you to raise your hand wherever you're at. You can raise it high. Let us know in the chat. We want to pray with you. We believe in doing life together. We believe in community. We believe in the power of unity. 
So I will invite everybody to pray with me. Lord, I admit I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's put our hands together and give God glory for everyone who accepted him. <clears throat> I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to invite you to stand. Just a, for just a few moments in this moment of worship I want to invite you to just stop and reflect and thank God for the, the small things that he's doing right now it is a challenge to activate our faith and to praise him for what he is already doing and know that he is faithful to complete it. If you feel like coming to this altar, I invite you to come to this altar and putting everything aside and just saying, God, I put my focus on you. I put my focus on you and I believe you to be faithful. I know that you are who you say you are. And I know that you can do what you say you can do. God, right now, we align ourselves with you. We align, our, align ourselves with you. You are the source. You're the one who is able. You're the one that can do the impossible. For you, there is no task too difficult. God, and some in this place are fatigued. Some in this place are weary. Some in this place need divine intervention at this moment. God, and we put our focus on you. God, we stop and we say thank you right now for the small things. We thank you right now, not because everything is in order, not because everything is perfect, not because everything. We thank you because you're perfect, and we thank you because you're great. We thank you because you are faithful. We, we praise you and we worship you because of that. So in this moment, God, we just stop. And we just worship you. We worship you for who you are. We worship you for who you are. We worship you for what you're doing right now, God. We thank you for your power that is coming to lift up. We thank you for increasing the strength of the weary. We thank you, God, right now for doing 
what only you can do. Right now, God, we just stop and we just praise you in this moment. We praise you right now. I invite you right right now. I invite you right now. Let's just worship him and praise him for the, the day of small beginnings.